Hey, Kate, how are you? Hello, I'm good, thank you. That's great. Welcome to the Birthing Goddess podcast. Thank you so much for coming on. And yeah, we're going to be listening to both of your birth stories. Me. No worries. Uh, before we begin, um, can you tell the listeners a little bit about where you live, who is in your family and what you do for work? Sure. Um, I live in the beautiful Corumban Valley um, with my husband, Christian, and my daughter, Birdie, and our six-month-old son, Kugel um, Bill. It's Birdie, Birdie, Bagus- Birdie Blue Baggerson and Kugel Bill Baggerson, like the alliteration. So cool. And um, I work in the arts. I run a, a performance and a community arts organisation called Everybody Now and have worked for festivals around the country yeah beautiful wow all right let's begin and um hear about Birdie uh was she a planned pregnancy yep she was both both um babies were my husband uses the um, conscious creation term quite a bit so I mean Birdie was particularly planned um between two big festivals that we're both a part of one the Woodford Folk Festival and one big festival here on the Gold Coast. So we picked a moment that was right between our busiest work periods. Um, So she was, she was well planned. Wow. That's so cool. (laughs) And I love the term. Is it, did you say consciously conceived? Uh, I said conscious creation, Creation. but yeah, consciously conceived. (laughs) (laughs) That's amazing. I love it. And it's so, so cool that she came um, when, you know, when you wanted her to come. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, she was she was a very well-behaved little spirit hanging out there. <laughs> Beautiful. Wow. And how did you, um, you know, how did you know that you were pregnant? Did you do the test or did you just get the symptoms? I think it was, it was just waiting for that missed period. We'd kind of, you know, went, went this is the time we're going to do it. And then that next month went round and went, probably pregnant should probably take a pregnancy test nice and um how did you feel when it was a positive yes I'm super excited and I mean kind of surprised that it happened so easily really wow. um, and, and grateful of course that um, I know that's not the case for everybody yeah so obviously was it on the first go I think so Amazing. yeah so cool yeah. I think everyone... my son wasn't quite like that ah okay that's cool and um, who did you end up like choosing for your care provider? We, I always knew, well, both of us always knew we wanted a home birth. Um, so pretty early on in the process of finding out that we were, um, that we'd conceived, we started to look into that and chose my own midwives here on the Gold Coast. Um, we didn't really look too far we just you know they, they had an office on um Talabudra connection road which we drove out um passed on our way to our house in the valley so kind of saw that there and went oh yep that looks good and went and had a meeting there you know were three um three principals of the clinic at the time and really really great um service they offer wonderful midwives did you get to um choose your midwife or did you just go with the one that they offered I just went with the first person. Nice. <laughs> sometimes, sometimes with those clinics, they're um, um, uh, they're so busy as well. So you really have to kind of get in because they can only take on a certain number of 
uh, clients, can't they, or, or women um, to have in their care. So we had Steph was my daughter's um, mm. midwife and she's gone into working in the in the hospital system but was a really experienced home birth midwife and we just felt so um, great with her, um, really supported and she was quite straight down the line and Christian really liked that approach as well. Yeah, wow. That's awesome because I um, at, uh, I use the same midwife service and my friend went with Steph as well and she recommended her but she was all booked up when I went there and I had, I was only seven weeks pregnant. So you basically have to go there as soon as you pee on that stick. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, wow. yeah. Oh, far out. And did you find out the gender during your pregnancy? Not for my first child. Um, so we kept that a surprise and that was a real delight. Um, Birdie is actually a redhead as well. So we had, and, and neither of us um, are. Um, so we had that really nice surprise. It was actually first we went, oh, my God, it's a redhead. Uh-huh. And then the, the second part of the surprise was the gender. That's so cool. So you got two surprises. Yeah. So nice. Wow. And um, how was your pregnancy? Yeah, my pregnancy was great. I was, yeah, really healthy and active and, um, yeah, really had no um, no complaints, um, just the kind of general aches and pains up till the end. I, I super loved being pregnant. I really loved learning about birthing and that was a kind of big part of our process. Mm, that's awesome. And did you do any classes to kind of educate yourself? I did a lot of pregnancy yoga uh, yeah. with a, a really great um, woman called or studio called Diva and Co and they have a fantastic women-centred um, practice, yoga practice there. Um, and the pregnancy yoga also has a part at the end of each session that's a kind of active birthing and a calm birthing. Um, she's a calm birth um, facilitator herself and a doula, so the last kind of 10, 20 minutes of every class was different techniques and I really enjoyed that and also the connecting with other pregnant women and having those Mm. check-ins and you learn so much from being around other women some are first-time mums some have had two or three children so yeah that was the kind of biggest and as well as that relationship with a midwife um yeah lots to learn yeah absolutely and did you do any like antenatal classes on the side or hypnobirthing or anything like that I didn't the um I did have some hypnobirthing podcasts which I um, kind of did my own process through and especially right at the end I was doing one of those rainbow relaxations and the birth affirmations um, every day yeah. um, so that was while I didn't do a official hypnobirthing course um, yeah I was I really kind of got a lot from those but also having a private midwife and that mm. kind of one-on-one women-centered care you're getting so much knowledge and information um, from that midwife and it's such a kind of beautiful personal relationship with you and your family. So it's like each week you'd go for your, or, you know, however many weeks apart um, your sessions are, you'd go and you'd get one more bit of information or they'd send you away with another book to read or. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. 
That's awesome. And did you feel like, um, you know, the yoga and the meditation, rainbow relaxation um, CDs really helped with your mindset? Absolutely. And I think the whole, you know, when we come to kind of talking about the birth experience, as you are labouring, as kind of each different part of the labour unfolds, if you've had that um, engagement with the education of birth beforehand, well, for me personally, I was just able to clock each of those things. So, mm. you know, it would be like, well, in my birth education, I learned that this part's going to feel like this. Okay, yep, it certainly does. That's that bit, all right. And all those things would come back to you. Okay, somebody said that this type of breathing can help really well through transition. All right, that's what I'm feeling now. We'll give that a go. Um, and just having all those different tools in your kind of birth kit, I guess. So because yeah, you, you don't know what it's going to be like. And mm. in some ways I think your first birth is, you know, you're, you're beautifully ignorant <laughs> to what it's going to be like. <laughs> so you can, only, you can only really be positive because mm-hmm. um, you don't know otherwise but your second I kind of on my second birth had to suck myself up a little bit more I think because I was like oh yeah <laughs> when they say it feels like a Chinese burn that's true um <laughs> steroids yeah wow <laughs> amazing and um how many weeks pregnant uh yeah did you go like when you went into labor how many weeks pregnant were you uh I was 40 and four with birdie um, okay yeah, so, yeah. Yeah. How, nice how did it start for you? It started in the evening. I had just a little bit of um, bloody show um, and, yeah, and then that was kind of about 8 o'clock at night and went, actually, I'd, I had really sore hips and my mum is a reflexologist, which is just a great blessing for pregnancy and that was uh, anyone who can go to a reflexologist as um, birth support I, I think it's it's really great I did that she's based on the Gold Coast or she is based on the Gold Coast yeah <laughs> what's her of... business name I want to know. <laughs> yeah yeah her name her name is Therese McDonald reflexology it's okay. a bit of a funny spelling because she's into numerology so it's um oh wow t-h-e-r double z-e so something about the double z's but um, Ooh, I like anyway she loves a little uh which which <laughs> neurology, but she had come over because I had sore hips just to give me some pressure point work um, in the afternoon at about five o'clock, yeah. and yeah, then about eight o'clock I had my first signs of labour. So I was like, okay, well that's effective, isn't it? Oh, that's amazing! <laughs> yeah. It worked so quickly. It did, yeah. I mean, I think with all those things that you do to help activate labour when you're at the right time, it's kind of a culminative. Um, effect isn't it like I'd had acupuncture that week walk did lots of walking upstairs being in the right headspace all of those things kind of um yeah kind of set you up right so it's kind of like well what's the last thing that's yes. the thing that gets you over the line I'm... and in that situation I think it was like well that was the last kind of straw the last pressure point that needed to be pressed wow that's so cool and so, so you went um, and saw your mum, and then, then labour started. Did you? Um, did your waters break at all? Not till the very last moment, right before. Um, yeah, right before 
pushing, I guess, or not pushing. Um, yeah. Uh, so not, yeah, not for hours and hours after that. But, yeah, I distinctly remember that really kind of excited feeling because, again, your first baby, you just don't know. So you just get these butterflies in your belly of going, oh, my God, it's happening. My husband wasn't home. I rang like, okay, you have to come home. Something's happening. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> well, and when and what time was that? Was that during the day? That was in the early evening, about six o'clock, and and then kind of nothing. Um, well, not not nothing, but just really light lower back pain, and um, we just went to bed um, and ha- with a hot water bottle and. Uh, you know, I'm sure the body was doing something through the night at its own pace and it wasn't until the next evening um, at about 8.30 that I had her. So I I think it's kind of written down as being about six hours of active labour, but in my, my mind I was, you know, from the next morning we woke up, Christian made me breakfast, I think at about 10.30 I vomited that breakfast back up again and <laughs> felt felt like I'd laboured all all kind of day um and we called the midwife in the early afternoon at about 2 30 so yeah she arrived and I was nine centimeters dilated wow um and so she kind of records I think she records active labor from about that 2 30 in the afternoon through to about 8 30 at night Mm. and so she was there that whole time she was yeah yep um I remember so I was kind of in in the room just having some time by myself working through that and Christian came in and he mustn't have been with me for an hour or so we're just kind of doing our own thing and he said to me after he was like I hadn't seen you for a little bit must have been out in the garden and came in and all of a sudden you looked like you'd run a marathon and um (laughs) he was like I think we should call the midwife now. Oh, wow. Um, yeah. That's amazing. And um, did the second midwife come with Steph or did she come a bit later on? She came much later. Um, I don't know exactly what time, but it was dark by the time um, Rosie came. So, yeah, we had we had a bunch of time by ourselves. Oh. And I just, I mean, I have such a love for midwives after my two home births, but I distinctly remember um, the moment Steph arrived and just thinking, oh, God, you're good, because I was kneeling beside the bed and I, she kind of came in so quietly that I didn't even notice and she just sat at the door until I'd finished that series of contractions that I was in. And I hadn't even noticed that she was there and then I kind of turned around. I said, oh, how long have you been there? <laughs> she said, oh, about 15 minutes. Wow. Uh, I thought, oh, just so just so beautiful they're so intuitive and and connected and gentle about everything and that was a really great what a great way to start off the next kind of six to eight hours we had together that's beautiful oh and um what let's talk about the birth what was that like the birth was great um yeah, it's a funny old comparison when I share with you my son's birth later but you know it was kind of I guess textbook home birth really it was um it was slow enough that I had time to really sink into it long enough that by the end of it I was really ready to get the baby out um it was in the evening so I was able to have all the candles around and had our affirmations up on the on the wall and 
um, yeah, during the day my husband and I, you know, went walking through the garden together and I had my eyes closed. It's like going on a bit of a sensory walk. I kind of, he guided me with my eyes closed just through the garden while I was pushing through contractions. Wow. And um, he made a, what he made? He made a minestrone soup during the day so the midwives would have something to eat. And, nice. You know, just all those really think, lovely things of being able to sink into it um, and being able to use those things that you'd learnt in your birth training about not peaking too early and calming the adrenaline and um yeah just really sinking in to it taking its own time and using that to get your birth techniques underway and, the, and your breath work underway um yeah and then we had oh, it was a water birth um wow. so I think we kind of got I started to get tired well, my, my first, my mate was coming to be there as well, one of my best friends, and she was driving from the Sunshine Coast and it started to get dark. It must have been about 6.30 and she hadn't arrived yet and I started to get these little pangs of anxiety that she wouldn't be there at the uh-huh. same time of starting to feel quite exhausted. Yeah. And <clears throat> just at that time she arrived um, and had this kind of big, overwhelming, teary moment. I just kind of... I wouldn't say burst out into tears, but tears just kind of kind of started streaming down. And I just there was a particular song on. And I just felt so mm. grateful. I felt so grateful for the environment that I was in, that my birth team was so great. Steph was like, you know, every every moment they were there to meet it with you. You know, they'd she'd touch you on your shoulders and just relax your shoulders. Just so it's just so gentle and non-invasive and then my maid arrived mm. and I gave her a big hug and started crying. I'm like, oh, my goodness, you've made it. And then I was like, okay, I'm really tired. So <laughs> so go and have a lay down. And yeah. it was when I was laying down having a bit of a rest that I thought, hold on a minute, this really hurts. I'd like, I'd like, to, I'd like to be done now. Um, yeah. So she said, all right, go to the toilet, go try and do a wee. And I was like, serious okay so go do that she said hop in the water and then you get this great kind of moment of um reprise because the water kind of um, calms everything so was that your first time in the water at that it was yeah yeah I think I don't know Steph waited until I really was like okay I've had enough yeah okay well here's (laughs) this great little surprise we have for you hop in the water And you go, oh, hold on a minute. I feel energised again. I feel calm and relaxed and the pressure is gone. And, um, it's like instant relief, it's isn't such, it? Relief. It's such instant relief, yeah. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's really yeah, warm and nurturing and, yeah, just that, that pressure. And, yeah, so I don't know how long we were in there before the kind of last stage of labour, but... It felt like we had a little bit of kind of time just in the pool. Everything was kind of light and there was some jokes being made and some not kind of nice interactions with everyone who was around before um, before that last stage of labour um, happened. And, yeah, then you have your kind of three big contractions and they're out. Yeah, wow. And what did it feel like when she came out? Did she like pop her head out first or did she just come out all in one go? No, it was, it was kind of gradual and I definitely had that someone must have been Steph had said that that last, that last bit has that real kind of 
burning sensation. Um, I think she described it to me as a Chinese burn. And as that was happening, I was like, oh, yep, that definitely feels like that. Because <laughs> <laughs> you kind of are in like once you've had it one big contraction and their head is there but they their shoulders haven't um, come through yet. It's kind of a sustained, well, for me it was a a sustained feeling, um, a sustained burn (laughs) intensity. Um, So I was really kind of just trying to calm through that and I think I opened one eye and looked at my mate across the the room and Christian was behind me and I was holding onto his ankles really kind of bearing down and Steph said, Jimmy, you want to change, maybe try changing positions. And I thought, no, nah, there's no way. I'm not letting this head suck back in again. <laughs> That's probably not even possible. Well, like, I'm not moving. We're already on the way. This is happening. Um, and then they come out and, yeah, my, both my children's cords were quite short. So when she came out, Steph said, don't rush her out. Just hold her under the water because they can breathe under there and just make that nice and slow and controlled, which we did. Mm. Um, but I couldn't quite get her up very I couldn't get her up very high on my chest in the water. So we hopped, we hopped out of the pool quicker than I had imagined we would. So that kind of that wrap-up process went quicker because I was just, it was a real tugging on my, um, on my placenta trying to hold her down. So and, yeah, we got her out and got up onto the couch pretty quickly. Yeah, Beautiful. And did you do the delayed cord clamping? We did do that. I ended up, I had a bit of bleeding and we weren't sure whether it was coming from the placenta or a tear or what it was. Um, and so I had the injection to um, dispel the placenta which yeah. tearing was my biggest fear the whole mm. pregnancy. I just did not like the idea of it, didn't like the nothing about it. I was like, I really, really don't want that to happen. Yeah. And my mother had um, had that experience of being cut, um, which I know that they would not do in a, in a home birth, but that was her hospital experience some, some time before. But that just sounded terrible. I was like, I don't want that to happen. Um. So we, they were kind of having a good look around and there was a tiny little, I got one stitch, which that and the needle to um, dispel the placenta was more of a worry to me than any of the labour. Yeah. Right. Um, and I was like, I really don't want that. And Steph was like, come on, you've just delivered a baby. You can handle one stitch, trust me. And what did it feel like? Uh, so I was like? being a big wolf like that. Well, I think it hurt more then having a baby because yeah. I felt like I was less in control of it. Yeah, um, of course. So, yeah, we, we, did, um, we did that pretty quickly so that they could kind of get in there and have a, a look at what was, what was going on. Yes. Wow, amazing. And how did you find being like first-time mum? Any challenges? Yeah, first-time mum with one child was great. (laughs) (laughs) I've been having lots of second-time mum moments of going, wow, you really do enjoy the first baby bubble because it's not so much of a baby bubble second time round. It's (laughs) much more for us or much back into logistics and life and managing a, a, you know, highly spirited four-year-old alongside having a newborn so 
yeah, we we stayed at home. We did the kind of baby moon thing for a month, um, which again with one child is super easy to do. And she was born in July, so it was winter. So it was just a really cosy time of um, snuggling up. And I think the first place we went to by the end of that fourth trimester that month after I was like all right I'm really ready to get out of the house yeah um but we went up to um Corumban rock pools and just had some really nice gentle nature experiences for her first um integration to the world it was it, was, it felt like a really charmed time actually with my daughter um we had this experience before we knew her gender we'd chosen the name <clears throat> we had a boy's name too and a big blue peacock turned up on our front doorstep out of nowhere wow. about a week before she was due. And I thought, it's going to be a girl. We've chosen the name Birdie Blue and a giant blue huh? peacock turns up on the front doorstep. Like, <clears throat> And I think at that time I said to Christian, I reckon we're close to having a baby and I reckon it's going to be a girl. Wow. Wow. Um, so yeah, it just felt like there was a lot of a lot of synchronicity going on at that That's time. Awesome. It always um, happens, especially near the end, like the third trimester. I feel like it's quite quite spiritual, and you get very intuitive. Um, yeah, hundred percent. I really agree. I I felt it at the time, and and about maybe six months, maybe nine months after my daughter was born, my grandfather passed away, and he. Um, which was fine. It was an, an older man and it happened quite quickly. He was in palliative care for about a week. But we were there for that experience and I really noticed the similarities between that kind of veil between worlds of birth and death. Mm. Um, and it made me realise the significance of that time in birthing, of that really kind of being between worlds, bringing something that wasn't there before, um, into the world and if you can really tune into that it's a pretty special experience and and again with death the death can be a lot less scarier and Mm -hmm. if you can recognize and connect with that transition yeah so yeah it was a it was a really amazing thing to happen quite close to my daughter being born although I would have loved loved them to have more time together it it amplified that acknowledging Mm. that um, for me definitely the yeah. circle of life there right there <laughs> totally yeah right there in front wow. of you amazing all right let's um talk about your second birth um and your second pregnancy with Kugel can you um tell us a little bit about your pregnancy was it quite similar to your first um I definitely wasn't as healthy or fit with my second <laughs> I mean both pregnancies I was working full-time but um you know when you're working full-time with no child you're able to dedicate those free time Mm -hmm. your your own personal free time to yourself whereas when you're working full-time with an existing child (laughs) you dedicate your free time to your other child um so I went back to pregnancy yoga at like 39 weeks 38 weeks 
maybe 37 yeah. weeks, something like that, quite <laughs> late. And I said, I said to do the yoga and stuff, I was like, oh, man, I've been trying to get here for like six months. She said, no, no, second time mother, you're right on schedule. Uh-huh. We usually see them <laughs> right at the end. I was like, okay, I'm going to try and cram what I did in nine, nine months worth of birth prep last yeah. time into um, – two uh, weeks <laughs> which I did nice. <laughs> well um so yeah I certainly felt the second time around that I that I gave less a little less love and attention to myself as I did the uh, as I did the first time but yeah. I certainly I certainly crammed for my exams yeah, at the end I think everyone does that with their second time <laughs> as yeah. I've heard anyway <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah I had a funny experience around this must have been around well I had him at 39 and two so maybe it was around 36 weeks we revisited I only had one scan in both pregnancies so I was sitting with Maria who was from my own midwives as well, but a a different midwife. Um, And we revisited my 20-week scan and she said, oh, this is interesting. Your 20-week scan actually said your baby's measurements were tracking in the 98th percentile. How do you feel about that? I was like, oh, great. Well, how does anyone feel about being told that they might be about to have a 10-pound baby? (laughs) (laughs) And so we talked about that a lot and she said, would it change your decision-making in any way? And... um, I chose not to have the gestational diabetes tests in both pregnancies. Nice. I considered myself to be um, in a very low risk category. Um, so just, I mean, each part of those decision makings, I, for me, it was like how to have a, the least amount of intervention mm. with the best information I have to yeah. me. Um, I did once I you know once she said that I thought I second guessed myself for a little bit and went oh gosh I wonder if that's why um so I ended up having a scan quite late in the pregnancy just to set my mind um straight but also that again that was where that great one-on-one women-centered care came in because she was just so kind of practical and gave she really frames everything as questions to you so you're making the decision Mm. so you know would that change your decision making or or then I'm able to ask the questions back. So hypothetically, if it was a ten pound baby, what could happen in a home birth? Mm. Um and we could just talk through those things. Um it I mean it wasn't a ten pound baby, so it's all right, but she 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 got me to listen to another podcast of a birth that she'd done of, of a woman who'd recently had a um ten pound baby at home. She said, Here, go listen to this oh, podcast nice. of how it's been done. So I was like, Great. Um, so yeah that was a little thing to work through a little headspace thing to work through at the end of the pregnancy for me but I I let it go pretty quickly I was like okay it's not going to change my decision to have a home birth although I did get pretty serious about my optimal positioning after that there was no more (laughs) no more couch sitting and lots of walking upstairs like the best result is that it's in the right position and then it doesn't matter what size it is absolutely I'm very intrigued to know um what was his size when he came out um four kilos 4.8 kilos and how how many pounds is that nine something yeah um, so they were yep. quite like they were very you know not bang they on were, but they were, yeah pretty close <laughs> pretty close yeah. yeah yeah well my daughter was um 3.9 and when I went and got that late scan um the obstetrician asked you know how big was your daughter and 
he said, according to these measurements, I reckon it's, it is bigger than that, but not much. And if you nailed a home birth with, with no tears, um, with a 3.9 kilo baby, you'll be totally fine. Wow. Um, he did sneak a little sneaky obstetrician thing in there because they just can't help themselves <laughs> and said, well, maybe you should consider a, um, a 38, 39 week induction. Oh. And I said, probably not, but thanks. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, thanks. Oh God. And did you, I thought we were going so well, but you just couldn't help yeah. yourself. <laughs> I think it's wired into their brain, all these systems. <laughs> yeah. 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 Oh. And um, I'm interested to know, did you do any perennial, per- I can't even pronounce it. Per- perennial massage. Yes. <laughs> Again, I did the first time round yes. and not the second time round. Okay, cool. I'm interested to um, know, yeah, now how your birth went with him. It went quickly. Yeah. So how did labour start for you? Labour started again quite subtly in the morning with some lower, just lower back pain, like light period pain. Mm-hmm. Um, I said to my husband, I reckon in the next couple of days we're going to have a baby. Mm. And he went off to work and said, get your mum around to help clean the house ready for the midwife, (laughs) Um, which I did. And, yeah, so within about an hour after that, I thought, well, these are some light contractions and I was still playing with my daughter and um, mum was cleaning the bathroom and... I texted my my same mate who was at my daughter's pregnancy and said, I think sometime in the next 24 hours we're going to have a baby, so just the heads up. Nice. And that was at 9.30, so I was still thinking I was a good day away. Yeah. Um, you know, just really light pain, just sitting and playing and just kind of acknowledging that something was going on. And then by an hour after that I had started to transition I I think like I'd vomited and said call Christian get him to come home um he wasn't home by the time I said I think we should call the midwife that was at 11 and I had the baby at 12. Wow wow (laughs) so wow um, this is a very fast labor oh my goodness (laughs) it was it was super intense and was your friend there um, did she end up no, she didn't make it. Okay. She, I think she texted at like 11.30 and said, hello, any updates? Oh, no. And by that time it was, I couldn't even reply. Oh. I, I rang her after. I was like, sorry. Had the baby. Um, <laughs> baby's come. <laughs> so, yeah, and I, I mean it took me a little bit to reconcile with the, who, who's ever going to complain about a fast labour. But also wow. there, there is a reason why your body in – other labor situations takes its time because it I really felt like I had no time to prepare I was Mm. like I was off my game from before it even started um I think I put a rainbow relaxation into my ears at about 10 30 and it lasted about five minutes I was like tearing the headphones out going nah can't get into it um and also the kind of practical, like I was automatically, I was home alone with my mum and my daughter, so I was automatically going into the practical, I need to get Christian home, he needs to get the birth ball up me. Oh, yeah, of course. So um, when did he arrive home? Uh, about the same time as Maria. I think Maria got there first and he got there and he did well. He got the birth pool up but not filled. Oh, okay. So it wasn't a water birth. <laughs> 
Uh, he was still working at it when Maria was like, abandoned ship, you need to be in here. <laughs> <laughs> you got to let that go. That's so uh, funny. Wow. So... My daughter became quite key, actually, in oh, really? in just kind of her humour and presence got me out of my head in ways that breathing would have usually mm. um, that I wasn't able to to get into. I mean, I definitely used my breath. It was more the visualisation and control that I wasn't able to get into because you, you're it was like I had transitioned and the adrenaline of transition kicked in immediately. So there was no lead up to the adrenaline. Yes. Um, so that was quite an interesting experience. And I did think after that combined with the fact that then you're just back into daily life with a four-year-old, that the kind of my oxytocin levels were certainly not what they were with my daughter and that it took me a little bit longer to really connect in with my son and the and the and the situation, um, I think partly because of that quick labour, and then partly because of, you know, that was that's one of the potential downsides of home birth um, with a family is you really are back into family yes. life. Yeah. Um, so where did you? Went- I mean, not a downside, but a, just a di- quite a different experience. Absolutely, yeah. And where did you end up giving birth? I'm interested to know. Just beside my bed, um, so on kneeling on my hands and knees, and I was on the toilet when Maria arrived. And again, I just don't know how midwives do this because I said, "Do you want to check me?" She's like, "I definitely do not need to check you. I, <laughs> I just need, I just need to get ready." Wow. Um, and then she she got herself set up and and said, "We got to get you out of the bathroom unless you want to have a baby on the toilet." Yeah. And um, so they kind of helped me out to the edge of the bed and um yeah and then you know then I was into those um kind of three big contractions and my daughter she's just so full of beans and she was so excited so she Um, was right there too she was right there and funnily enough my mother ended up getting to be there she wasn't in the room at the time but because she was there cleaning the toilet um (laughs) (laughs) She, and I'd always said my mum, my I, I don't want my mum at, at the birth, but I need her there for support for my daughter. Um, and she's really one of, you know, I trust her implicitly with my daughter and they have such a special relationship. Um, but I was adamant that she would not be, be there at my birth. So as it turned out, she got to have that experience. And I'm, I'm so grateful for that because it, for her it was life-changing. She was just like, really? oh, my God, that was the most amazing amazing thing ever she was just I mean she still almost cries when she talks about it or thinks about it so can I ask there was ask you why you didn't want her to be there oh just a mother and daughter relationship I thought that you know I'd get annoyed by lots of things Uh, yeah (laughs) she'll she'll probably listen to this and man may agree which is funny because she is a really nurturing person and is a mm. reflexologist. So he's a perfect care provider yeah. um, and he's really excellent, particularly at working with pregnant women. So it's just, um, it's just a mother and daughter thing, really. Yeah, right. Um, I totally but I'm glad that. that being, I'm glad that being caught off guard and surprised 
changed that for me mm. because um, she was incredibly helpful and respectful of our place, our space. And, and after the baby was born, I said to Bertie, run out and get Tima and bring her in. And she was like, really? I said, yeah, get in here. Come ah! on. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, she was, um, she was really delighted. And, yeah, Bertie was she was hilarious. She was we when we'd got the sonograph, um, what it's called, pictures yeah. late along, and she said that baby has the same nose as me. Aww. And um, when the baby's head was out, Maria said, "Bertie, come look, the baby's head's ah. out." So sh- she gets down there at the other end. Christian, Christian was, and I thought, "Oh God!" And she says, "Mum, you were right. His nose just looks just like mine." Aww. And I thought, I know what a baby's head looks like well, when it's half sticking out of a vagina. Yeah. <laughs> that's just really precious that you think <laughs> that that's your response. So oh, that made me laugh, made me laugh a lot. And I was able to do that final, final big contraction because wow. I just, just had, uh, yeah, re- as I said, it really broke it and got, it, got me out of my head. So, so there cool. are man- many ways to Nirvana, as it turns out, and some of them are a... Mm. Um, an overactive four-year-old. Absolutely. Wow. <laughs> so cool. And, um, yeah, it's really cool that you had her at your birth because obviously not many people would have their children because they'd be in a hospital setting. So for those um, women out there, would you recommend a home birth to them? Uh, I 100% recommend home births. Um, yeah, I was thinking about it the other day when we randomly met each other in the cafe about what um what is it that it that it's not a more accepting accepted thing and that I mean I'll tell people that I've had a home birth and still I get lots of responses of gosh you're so brave or or I think really or what you know that's the kind of immediate Mm. wow weren't you scared or Mm. uh, and I really just see it as the opposite of yes I wonder if people's perception of home birth is still that it's quite an alternative hippie thing, Mm -hmm. whereas that's just so not the case. Your midwives are registered nurses, are highly trained. They've got all the equipment. You know, my little brother was was quite worried (laughs) both times. He's like, okay, so if something goes wrong, what happens? And what happens if this? And... You know, I'm like, well, they've got everything they need there. Mm. You you can. I mean, the lovely thing about my own midwives is that they have a reciprocal relationship with um, Gold Coast University Hospital. So if you were to transfer, then they get to stay as your lead mm-hmm. provider. But there's nothing, you know, it's not out in the bush having a baby in a bath or anything, <laughs> <laughs> which it can be yeah. and that would be amazing yeah. and one brave part of me would have liked to explore a free birth yeah. at some point, but, um, <laughs> you know, I would love to see a transition towards that type of care for, um, healthy pregnancies becoming a, a norm because it is, it relieves a lot of pressure on a hospital system. It's excellent quality level care and it's just such a great experience or can be such a great experience I don't think I have heard I haven't personally heard of a home birth experience going wrong yeah I've heard of all of course um labor's twist and turn and 
and some are longer and shorter and more difficult with more challenges and and all sorts of things um but i i personally have not heard of a of a bad home birthing experience mm. and um yeah i just and even um the other thing i love about my own midwives is that they do um midwife care in hospital systems so having a private midwife um outside of the the hospital midwives um so that you can have that lead care provider i think is also a really great option and if only it could become better supported by the medicare mm. um because i think cost is yes a barrier and and certainly it was something we had to work hard towards being able to achieve mm-hmm. Um, and make sacrifices in other areas to be able to prioritise that decision. Um, yeah, but just the kind of the the full picture of what birth can be, I hope that lots of people get to experience because uh, even when it does go curly in certain ways, and I and I would consider my second birth at, at two hours definitely not my dream birth. Yeah. Um, but you can be in control and it can be a, a really great empowering experience. That's beautiful. Wow. Yeah. And mm-hmm. lastly, um, what kind of advice uh, would you like to give to all the mums out there or mums-to-be who might be pregnant right now? I guess, well, education yes. um, is just – I think my favourite book was a Sarah Buckley, Dr. Sarah Buckley book I found really – um, helpful education and birth prep mm. um, beyond what is provided as the straight maternity um, or the birth center um, ones which are really great but having kind of a, a f- more holistic picture to that um, and if home birth had even slightly crossed your mind dive deeper into it because mm-hmm. if you have just a little inclination that that might be an interesting experience to explore then I would just 100% say dive deeper into that because it is achievable for for everyone if you are a healthy woman with a healthy pregnancy um yeah it's just so great and how you know I think one of the photos I sent to to you I just love that moment of about an two hours after Cougar was born and my midwife sitting in sitting in an armchair having a cup of tea yeah. and we're having a nice chat. Yeah. So beautiful. And I don't even think like people wouldn't realise how yin and yang, like a home birth and hospital birth is. So um yeah, for those listeners out there, I also do recommend home birth because you're in your own space and you can really just you know be in the comfort of your own home like we we had pizzas with our midwives after yeah and it was just such a beautiful experience and I'm still on a high from my home birth and it's been like almost a year and I really hope that too like women really seek um more info if they do have that inkling maybe I would do a home birth please go and do a home birth (laughs) or like at least get like more information about it because it's such a beautiful and empowering experience isn't it yeah 100 percent. and I don't know if I do I think we're done with our baby making now uh-huh. I certainly <laughs> certainly find that newborn bit you know it's pretty intense those uh-huh. first few months and sleep deprivation is a real a real killer yes. um so I don't know if I dive into a newborn again while 
incredibly beautiful it is, but I'd have labour, I'd do labour again any day. Yeah. <laughs> you know? yeah. And what, so what a, so what cool. a great endorsement for home Absolutely. birth. Absolutely. Um, yeah. I love that. That's your new quote. I'll do labour any day. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> if only you could do that without being pregnant for nine I months know. and then uh, being awake for yes. A, a year, year. <laughs> or years. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Oh, wow. Thank you so much, Kate, for coming on. I really oh, appreciate it. Thanks for giving me the chance to talk about it. I've never really done that before. Sometimes, you know, you, you almost feel a bit um, shy to talk about these things when the, when the general narrative is not a positive mm. one. So it's nice to have been able to share and I certainly found in in both my pregnancies listening to podcasts and positive stories and um really affirming Absolutely. so yeah hope that is for others as well beautiful thank you Kate and I hope to see you hey around. thank you <laughs> yes great yes, take care you too. bye